and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Happy Sunday. Yeah, so good to see everyone. Y'all sounded so good. I was like, man, worship a little short this morning. You know, I'm like, come on, Jesus, let's take it to 1020. It's only 1010. I'm like, great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. For great is our Lord and, and greatly to be praised in this day, in this moment, uh, in this time. He is just greatly to be praised. And that's one of the things that I just love about coming to church. You know, I can put on my Apple music, you know, and, and put that song on in the car. But it's something when I come uh, into Poindexter and come into get into a place where uh, believers such as yourself and we're singing the song together. And it's not just us singing out of our mouths, but it's us actually singing it from our heart that great are you, Lord. And greatly to be praised. And so it's, it's a joy to have the choir here uh, singing with us and uh, appreciate all the voices there. Uh, glad y'all had the opportunity to come out and give of your supply. Uh, because what well, has been a minute since we had the choir, I know with the Christmas production, but guess what? The choir is back. <laughs> and I'm excited. Can't you tell? Can't you tell? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, and so... Uh, today is the opportunity for us just to uh, come and hear the word of God, but also to take communion uh, together. And what I love about this is us coming together and putting ourselves in remembrance of what God has done, because sometimes life, it happens so fast and so quick that we can forget what God has done. And I'm excited that we get to do this together as a church, but more so excited for you because you get to look at your life personally and you're able to look back and reflect to say and to see what God has done through uh, the life of Jesus. Uh, And so I'm pretty sure maybe when you all walked in, maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. I know some put um, canned goods in the holiday food drive box there. Uh, So that's something that we're doing um, this week all the way through February 9th. And we're getting these items. We're partnering with Piggly Wiggly um, as well as Fox 40. And what we're doing with these canned good items, we're going to take them down to our our Point Dexter Outreach Building. And what we're going to get the opportunity to do is help families in the surrounding neighborhood of Point Dexter, but also to Point Dexter itself. And this is just going to help us to find out not only just needs, Uh, that they have physically, but also spiritual needs, spiritual needs and just in having conversations. I'm so uh, blown away the power of conversations. 
I, I can remember, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, it was, uh, some young adults that, you know, because it was first-time guests, and I have it there where I can go have coffee with them. And so uh, we met at the Starbucks in Clinton, and uh, we was there drinking coffee and just talking away. And it was just amazing just the conversations that we were having, how they realized the importance of they don't need to be in isolation, but they need to be connected to associations. And one of the things I realized, why do we isolate so easily at times? Why, why do we get around and want to be by ourselves at times? Because in those moments, we reflect on what we're going through. Well, let me take that back. We reflect on what's happening to us than reflecting on the one that is going through with us. And so, as it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I'm walking through the valley. I'm not standing. I'm not sitting. I'm walking through. Sometimes we can get so focused on our problems, on our situations. And I realize that Satan himself, he wants us to be in isolation so much because guess what? He's in isolation. He can never, ever, 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 ever have fellowship with God, with Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So for him, his desire is to make us feel like God doesn't want to be with us, that God is upset with us, that our situation is too big for God to come in and get us out of that situation, that God has too much to do, that he doesn't have time for us. And God is like, you were created for associations. John 14, 6, where Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. What I love about Jesus is he knows the way, he shows the way, and he goes the way. goes the way. I love that, that last part. He goes the way. He doesn't just know it. He's not just showing it, but he himself, he goes the way. My question to you, two questions, who is with you and who are you with? Who is with you and who are you with? Who is with you, meaning who is pouring into you? And who are you with? Who are you pouring into. Jesus knows the way, shows the way and goes the way. Who is with you and who are you with? I can remember growing up before there was Google Maps, Google Drive, GPS, navigation, OnStar, there was maps. Well, you had a piece of paper, large piece of paper, and you had to pull it out. And that map was so large, you had to watch if you was in the passenger seat because it could take up the whole windshield. Young people looking at me like, man, what in the world are you talking about a map? (laughs) And so with this, sometimes on your journey, you have to go over to the gas station and fill up because your journey has not ended. And sometimes you want to make sure you're going in the right direction. So you're pumping gas. And you're looking around like, oh, they look like they can help me out. So, hey, you know, um, 
I just want to make sure that I know I'm on Highway 12, but man, this is a long highway. It said 10 miles, but man, it seems like I'm going about 20 miles. I think I'd have missed, you know, my turn. And you're like, well, where, where are you going? You're like, I'm on Highway 12. I need to get to Highway 8. It's like, oh, Highway, oh, man, you good. Yeah, you just stay on this road and you're going to go down about two stop signs. When you get to that step, second stop sign, you're going to take a left. And when you take that left, you're coming up on a red light. And then you, let me see, red light. Hold up. Hold up. Let me get Jim Bob. Hey, Jim Bob, come on, Jim Bob. They get in the Highway 8, they go down two stop signs. The second stop sign, they're going to take a left. They get to the red light. Then, no, Claude, you got it wrong. Claude, you got it wrong. Look here, man, don't listen to Claude. Don't listen to Claude. And then you looking like, bruh, I think I just need to get back on my map, get back in this car, and hopefully I find my way. Thank God. He didn't leave us like that. He gave us an example. But that was fun growing up. Just with my parents as we would travel, we would run into people and different things we would find out. But in life, you know, that's what we do at times when we're going through situations. That we internally ask ourselves. What do we need to do? How do we need to handle this? And it's like we don't look at who is with us. That Jesus is with us. He knows the way. He shows the way and he goes the way. But also there are literally people in this body that can help us go on our way. That can help us go on our journey. But you know what? The enemy doesn't want us to see that. The enemy doesn't want us to see like, man, you know what? I know we do the 30 second meet and greet. You know, just high five, fist bump. Whoo, sit down. Glad that's over with. Awkward. So some of y'all really feel like that. I hear the laughter. But the case of that is to help help us realize. I've been there before too. But the case of that is to help us to realize the more and more we do it, we should be able to get comfortable to move from an isolation space to now begin to associate. That we move from a high five, a fist bump, and hey, how you doing? To like, hey, I've been speaking to you, you know, every Sunday, every other Sunday. You know, I missed last Sunday, but I'm back. Uh, but you know, my name is Robert. What's your name? Oh, my name's Kim. Oh, where are you from? And get to exchange a little bit to start what? Associating because this is what I realize. There is so much of what we need from each other in this room. And a lot of times we go out of the room because we don't realize who's in the room. And what I want to help us to is to get to a place that we realize the value of associations, the value of connect. That's one of the things that we have here at Word of Life, the value connect, which is mean relationships, helping us find community because we were created for each other. And in being in the community, it was a couple of Tuesdays ago, um, actually in December, I, I never, ever forget. It was a Tuesday night and we have one of the uh, organizations that we partner with as a church called CSE Center of Social Entrepreneurship. 
And basically uh, what they do is they have, they give opportunity for others in the community to come and give of their skills and their talents, which is one is art. And so with this, like uh, we had some, um, they had some contestants in and was drawing and they were showing their art uh, with the hope of their art being selected to place around the community or areas of Jackson uh, just to bring hope, vision, life, you know, joy and peace, but also to to show their skill. So I'm like, you know what? Hey, yeah, we'll open up the church and we open up the church and they come in. I'm so focused on getting here. I don't realize in that moment because I'm focused on getting here. I forget who's in my room. So I'm here opening up the doors and Shante Crockett, she's uh, one of the members that's with the organization that works. And that's how we found out about it. Uh, And so with that, I mean, they come in, they have artists over here, artists over there. And I'm looking at this work like, oh, my goodness, this is some good drawing. So I'm taking pictures and I'm sending it to my wife. She was like, oh, that's good. I was like, hey, make sure you show Chase. Chase is our son. He's 12 years old. So I show it. I mean, I send it to her and she starts showing it to Chase. And Chase is like, I'm mad. Kim sends back, Chase is mad at you. I'm like, really? Uh, I haven't talked to him. I hadn't said anything. Hadn't called. What is he mad for? He's mad because I didn't tell him about the art exhibition that was going on with CSE. Watch this. I'm so focused on, because normally Chase responds, hey man, you want to ride with me? Where we going? <laughs> he got to analyze. He got to research. Where we going? Oh, uh, we going. Oh, that's boring. I'm like, really son? It's just father and son time. This is what we get to do. This is what... And so I told Kim, I was like, interesting. I was like, I didn't think he would like it. I didn't think he wouldn't like it, so I did not ask him. I did not think the artist wouldn't like coming to an art exhibition, so I didn't ask the artist. So, retrospect for all of us, at times we think God doesn't realize the situation that we're in. And so instead of talking to God about our situation, we internalize and talk to ourselves about the situation, thinking that God doesn't want to help us out, thinking that God doesn't understand what we're going through. And God is like, hello, hello, I'm in the room. Will you please open up your mouth and talk to me? And so, of course, I said, son, I'm sorry. I didn't know, man. Forgive me. Forgive me. So this Tuesday, Chase is going to be in the room (laughs) at six o'clock because the artists, they get to come back and they get to show uh, where they get to uh, tell us where they're going to put the, you know, like different items, um, the renderings. Uh, the murals there. And so um, they get to communicate. Chase will get to meet a couple of them and just talk about drawing and things like that uh, because he's in the Arts Honor Society. You know, I knew about Honor Society, but Arts Honor Society means you have to have good grades and you have to draw. Don't ask me to draw. I just write. So it's neat for that to happen. Well, guess what's happening? Chase is moving from isolation just only at his school, but he's moving now into association that's happening right here in his church. There is a supply that Chase needs to tap into to go further. 
to go further. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go further, you need people. Repeat, that's Spanish. Repeat. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go further, you, I, we need each other. Sometimes to reach your full potential and fulfill God's purpose for your life, you and I need to separate from influences that no longer align with your journey. Comes from one of my mentors, Darius Daniels. It's up on the screens. So it goes back to those two questions. Who is with you and who are you with? Because why? Sometimes we need to separate ourselves so we can reach our full potential. So we can get on that journey, the dreams, the goals, the plans, the desires that we have that are literally on the inside of us. And sometimes we say, oh, man, they too busy. I don't want to ask them. They got a lot going on. They're doing this. and that. Will you ask them and let them tell you no? Let them tell you I'm busy. Let them tell you, man, I don't have time. Let them tell you. Don't answer for them, but let them. Proverbs 18.1. This is the ESV version. It says, whoever isolate himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So whenever I'm in isolation, I'm not around sound judgment. You're not around sound judgment. We need association. Uh, I'm on the board of Jackson Leadership Foundation and Jacksonship, um, Jackson Leadership Foundation is literally just an organization here in the city of Jackson. And we're, um, what they're doing is partnering with other ministries and organization that are desiring to do good in this city. So with me being on the board, there are different things I get to hear, different things uh, I get to collaborate and communicate. And so one of the things that they have is called Leader Lab. And with this, um, the organizations, we came together and we began to talk. And one of the things I had the opportunity to was to share like my story. How did I get where I am today? And I can remember going back to conversation, the power of conversation. Uh, we're sitting in this room and we, we have uh, CEOs there and some of the vice presidents. And I'm having conversation and I began to share my story. And I said, I can remember when I came on staff. Here at Word of Life Church, October 16, 2006, I began as operations manager, professional term for janitor. And so my serve was I was serving on um, the worship team, you know, leading worship. That's what I would do. And so with that, the third Sunday, everybody say the third Sunday. I will never, ever forget this because two Sundays in a row, the women's restroom would stop up. And with this, I'm like, man, I'm leading worship. You know, we on Highway 18 there. Uh, and it's like, man, service going good. Then I go through the back room and it's like, hey, Rock, women's restroom stopped up. I'm like, really? That was first Sunday. That Monday, get the plumbers out. Everything is good. They don't understand why it's getting clogged up, uh, you know. All of that. Second Sunday, same thing. Third Sunday. And I'm like, really? I was mad. I was livid at the women. 
live it. Because I'm like, does it take all that toilet tissue? But <laughs> so I'm walking out, walking the hallway, and I'm directing women. Hey, y'all got to go to the restroom down on, the, on that end. And I'm hot, y'all. Just got done leading worship. You know, singing, you know, pouring my heart out, you know, and I'm going and telling the women, hey, you got to go to the other side of the church. And so here it is, you know, I put on my gloves, you know, and next thing I know, um, I'm reaching around the toilet, you know, getting things because the mop couldn't go around. So, you know, I got the paper towels, Scott towels, you know, going around. And next thing I know, I'm like, God, is this really what I was born for. What is going on? This is what he said. Until I can trust you with my building, I can't trust you with my people. That's what I said. My God. (laughs) So there I am. I'm on my knees, I'm weeping, and I'm like, what? So I called the plumbers that next Monday, and what had happened was in the parking lot, the pipe that's connected for the water and all that to flow through, it, it, it shifted because of the ground, it shifted. So therefore, the pipe split, it broke. So yeah, you can unclog it, but over time, it's going to fill back up. So they literally had to go down by six, seven feet and find the pipe and put it together, boom. What am I getting at with this? That position, I should have only been in that position for one year. I was in that position for three years. Because even on church staff, I was in isolation, not association, because, because I was so connected to a title that I wasn't connected to the people who were around me that has a supply, had a supply for me. So that position was only just to see where you were in your gift to help you move and go to the next level. But I didn't recognize who was in the room. I'm praying. I'm even leading people and singing songs and lifting hands but I'm not seeing results in my life as I should. Now, was God there doing what he could? Yes. But he could only do so much. Why? I wasn't in my associations. I wasn't connected to the people who I needed to be connected to. And so in that development of a leader, I can remember Pastor Joel bringing me a book. And it's called Developing the Leader Within You. So he gives me the book. Externally, I smile. Internally. Man, why are you giving me this book? I'm not about to read this book. It's going to go on the bookshelf. But I'm so glad I picked up that book. Because I realized I needed to connect with the associations that were in the room. And so I shared that with JLF and we're talking with these organizations. And these are four of the questions that we had. They'll put them up. Number one was, what are three things that went well last year? What were the highlights or successes that made last year memorable for you? Is anybody asking you what went well in your life? 
Number two, three things you would like to change this year. Identify areas where you see room for improvement or change. Number three, your definition of success in 2024. Share your vision for success in the year 2024. What does it look like for you? Is anybody asking you these questions? Last, obstacles in 2024. Anticipate and reflect on any obstacles you foresee that could hinder your journey towards success in 2024. My question to you, you don't have to answer out loud. Do you have someone that is asking you questions like these. And my challenge to you is, if you don't, will you get connected through associations? How do you get connected here at Word of Life? It's simply what we call life groups. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's just you connecting with people that has a hobby or interest in an area that you yourself on the journey that you want to go on. I know like for me, when I first came in church, you know, I'd say awkward. I was out of church eight years. I'm like, Lord Jesus, who do I connect with? Give me some men, Jesus. I need some men who love how to play basketball, who love to play basketball, who love to play spades, who love to shoot pool. Come on, Jesus, you got to help me out. I see them men lifting their hands. Surely one of them got to be able to play basketball or something. So lo and behold, you know, I'm asking and, you know, just talking around, having conversations and, you know, guys are talking and things like that. And so it's like, man, you know, the day comes up, it's time for us to play some ball. Have you ever had conversation prior to an event? And then when you get to the event, all this hype and all this and it's like, oh, man, and you get there and it's not like how you thought it would be because of the conversation. Well, it wasn't like that with these guys. They actually could play basketball. And so I was amazed on how just playing basketball every Thursday, Mississippi College in Clinton, it literally helped change my life. Those associations were already in the room. I had to make a decision to what? Get connected. I also, too, I had to look at the obstacles because sometimes I didn't want to go on Thursday as much as I love basketball because I'm like, man, I'm tired. Where I'm at in life is not where I want to be. What if they find out that I'm not happy? You know, I say I'm a Christian, but I'm not happy. I say I'm a Christian, but I'm not happy. Is that real? Am I really living out a God kind of life if I'm not happy as a Christian. And then I look in the life of Jesus because, you know, we're going to take communion even for Jesus. They'll pull it up on the screen. John 13, 21 for himself, full of God, full of life screens. Guess it's out. Uh, there we go. Thank you. John chapter 14, 13, verse 21. 1321. If not, I can go to it in the Bible. It's okay. All right, there we go. Come on, come on. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to 
betray me. Jesus in his own life, in this moment, he's not happy. In, in this moment, he is troubled. And sometimes for us in our Christian life, when we are troubled, we can think, I know I have at times, that something is wrong with my faith. That I'm not trusting God because I'm troubled. Jesus was troubled. Verse 38. Then Jesus answered, he's talking about Peter. Will you really lay down your life for me? Very very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Would you be happy in saying that statement right there? But Jesus, he knows the way, he shows the way, he goes the way, but he's troubled. But he also knows that somebody is about to deny him. So in your Christian life, when you're in these moments, what do you do? Do you turn internally and keep it within or do you turn it outwardly and you go to people that can help you and that can encourage you? John 14, I think it's John 14, 1. Yes. Jesus said, do not. Now, hold up. Hold up, Jesus. You know somebody's about to betray you. Somebody's about to deny you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Hold up, Jesus. You was just troubled. And you telling me don't let my heart be troubled? I love how Jesus is just so real. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Then after this verse, which is verse 1. Verse 6, he goes down to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What do you do when you're troubled? What do you do when you know someone is about to deny you, betray you, hurt you? Jesus showed us there will be one that betray you. There will be one that deny you. But will you be the one that stays fulfilled? Because even in the midst of this, Jesus knew I'm about to be betrayed, but there's still a call on my life. Jesus knew he was about to be denied, but there's still a call on my life. Jesus himself, even in the midst of all of this, at a meal, at a supper, he still carried out the plan of God. Jesus was associated with the father. And so for us. There are going to be times people betray us. There are going to be times that we're troubled in our spirits. And the enemy wants us to look at people and lose our trust in everybody because of what one person has done. And Jesus is like, yeah, one betrayed me, one denied me, but at the same time, I still fulfill the plan of God for my life. Will you do the same? Because if you don't fulfill your life, others can't fulfill their life. And Jesus is saying, will you be troubled? Yes. But will you believe in me? Because what? I am going the way. I am still going the way after being betrayed. I am still going the way after being denied. And out of this, we can follow Jesus' example. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on God. As the song says, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. 
He's able. He's able as I remind myself of who he is to me. And so as I get ready to close, my first close, as I get ready to close, God didn't call us to a life of isolation. He called us to a life of associations. Who are you associated with the vision that you have for your life? Who who are you associated with the change that you desire to see take place in your life? Who are you associated with when it comes to obstacles that you know you're going to face and you need someone that can cheer you on and encourage you and remind you of what God is saying about you. Who do you have in your life? I want to encourage you that as we open up life groups, we have that here. You know, um, the life group um, that I'm leading is actually called Boys to Men. (laughs) We're not sinking, but It's called Boys to Men. Why did I call it Boys to Men? It's B-O-Y-Z, the number two, men. Because I can remember and getting back in church, finally get married, and I have a son. I was like, I don't want to be having so much fun with people in the church that I'm not showing my own son how to have fun with young boys in the church or the young men in the church. So what did I want to do? I know the way. I want to show the way, but also too, I want to go the way with my son. So with this, the guys, I was like, hey man, you you have a son around my Uh, around Chase age. Hey, you have four sons. Hey, why don't we all just get together and man, let's just live life together. Let our sons see us goofing off, having fun. Let our sons see us watching football games, basketball games. Let our son, you know, like see us watching them as they jump on the inflatables. Let our sons see us and we see them. We're bowling together, but literally we're living life together. So sometimes it's us with our sons and then sometimes it's just us as men. And there we were sitting in primos and we're just having conversation. And it goes back to the power of conversation. And we just began to talk and we just began to have conversation. And out of that, one was just sharing where he was at. The other one was just sharing where he was at. And in this conversation... It led us to talking about God. Question, are you having conversations that lead you to talking about God? But not just talking about God, but what God is saying about you. And out of this, we begin to have conversations about just music in the earth. Music that where it seems so good because it has a beat to it. But when you listen to the lyrics, it is literally destroying life. And we began to talk about it's like, do we realize who is behind the music? 
It's Satan himself. And we was talking about rap music. And we was like, who would know music better than Satan himself? Because he himself was, past tense, was the worship pastor, was over music, was making melodies unto God. But now, because he knows he will never, ever, ever have fellowship with God, he's on the journey to help people isolate themselves unto themselves, thinking that they are the ones of the gift, thinking that they are the ones with all this potential, thinking that they are the ones that is so creative. And so now they're producing music, not realizing the harm that they are bringing. But even in the middle of that, we came across this statement. Satan is focused on trying to get us to look the other way because he knows the plan of God for our sons and daughters and what we need as parents is to stand in the gap and show them the way and so out of that we began to talk we began to have conversation how can we navigate to help our sons to help our daughters not leaving out the young girls I was just saying boys to men and it's like we can help the next generation But the only way we can help them, we need conversations like this. So when we leave this table, we can go back into our home and help them. Because Satan himself, he realizes God is a good God. He realizes God is a God of promises. He knows that. But he wants to take us from the very thing that he would never, ever, ever get back to. And that's not only fellowship with the father, but fellowship with man and woman. And so I just want to encourage us today that we move from isolation and we get connected through associations because we have what each other need right in this room. We have what each other need and it's right in this room. And so in even thinking about uh, communion, um, I was helping a, a life group of, of young men that about to be fathers. And they're like, man, how do I be a father? What did this look like? I really didn't have a good father figure in my life. It's like, man, I, I just don't know. I was raised that if you ask a man for help, that's a sign of weakness. Well, it goes back to the enemy, isolation. He doesn't want us to get connected through association. So we begin to talk and He was like, yeah, man, I got this going on. I got that going on. He's like, man, who? I need to go buy a riding lawnmower. But man, them zero zero turns, they cost so much, man, they high. And I asked him this question. Do you know who you are sitting with? He was like, what do you mean? I said, do you know who you are sitting with? Do you know who's at this table? I said, have you ever asked us? about a zero turn. No, man, you know, what do I ask y'all for? 
I'm looking for one on sale right now. I said, but notice, you're looking for one that's on sale, but you just said it's too high. What if there is one for free? Because I said, I'm sitting at the table and I have a zero turn, but you haven't asked me for it. So it's available for you, but you haven't asked for it because you're limiting me on a price that you're looking for that you say that you can't pay. And God is saying, I didn't ask you to pay the price. I just asked you to get some help and ask. But because you don't want to ask, you're bringing all this stress to yourself when it's available, free. But you got to put gas in. And so as we take communion, that's all Jesus is saying. I know you're troubled. I know there are things going on. But will you remember what I've done for you? Will you remember that there is not a price that you have to pay other than obedience to what I'm asking you to do? I've already paid the price for you. Is there pain? Is there hurt? Yes. But that what you need is literally in me, in my broken body and in my blood. Will you come and associate with me? Will you get out of your isolation? Stop remembering the past, the hurt, the pain. Stop remembering the betrayal and the denial. And remember the one who fulfilled his life for you. And out of that fulfillment, you will be fulfilled. So ushers there in the aisles, if you don't have your communion elements, just raise your hand. They'll give it to you. Thank you, Lord. So as we get ready to take communion, let this be a remembrance of Jesus. He not only knew the way, he showed us the way. And Out of him going the way, we're actually now just doing simply what he told us. To do this in remembrance of him. This is our association to God. So I'll go ahead and pray and We'll take the communion together. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to put ourselves in remembrance of what you've done. And so before we take this communion, maybe you're here this morning and you're just saying, hey, you know, me, myself personally, I haven't given my life to Jesus or there was a time I was living for Jesus, but I'm I'm not currently at this time. And what I want to do is I want to move from isolation and trying to depend on me because I am not to depend on me. I am to depend on God. I am to to trust in God through Jesus. And if that's you this morning, before we take communion, I just want to pray for you. And that way I get to pray for you. You just simply uh, raise your hand. Is there anybody this morning that's saying, hey, I want to rededicate my life to Christ or giving my life to Christ for the first time? Anybody? Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? 
Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Father. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Everyone just repeat this after me. Say, God, thank you for your love. Your son, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to hear the truth on how you love me. You never desire for me to be in isolation, but in association with you through Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for going to the cross for me. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And from this moment forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name.